Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. On Dr. Gina Primetime, Rudy Giuliani's home and office were raided by federal investigators. So... Is the DOJ now just an arm of the Democrat Socialist Party meant to punish the enemies of the left? Andrew Giuliani, the mayor's son, is here with some fiery words for the Biden administration. And Amanda Head is at the border today, actually floating down the Rio Grande, catching all sorts of amazing footage that you won't believe until you see it right here. All of that and more tonight on Dr. Gina Primetime. Welcome to Dr. Gina Primetime. So glad that you are with us. We start off tonight's show with the doctor's orders. Biden's big primetime address to joint session of Congress was last night, but uh, don't be distracted from the political retribution being exacted by the Biden DOJ and the D.C. elite. Before Biden addressed the nation with his boring list of platitudes and list of freebies and big government spending, federal agents raided the home of President Trump's own attorney and former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Now, Andrew Giuliani, Mayor Giuliani's son, spoke to the press yesterday, and he said this. Mind you, I'm speaking as a son and a concerned American. Anybody, any American, whether you're red or blue, should be extremely disturbed by what happened here today, by the continued politicization of the Justice Department. This is disgusting. This is absolutely absurd, and it's the continued politicization of the Justice Department that we have seen. And it has to stop. If this can happen to the former president's lawyer, this can happen to any American. Enough is enough. The only piece of evidence that they did not take up there today was the only piece of incriminating evidence that is in there. And it does not belong to my father. It belongs to the current president's son. And of course, they didn't take the Hunter Biden hard drive, although they probably don't need it. The feds are well aware of the long list of crimes committed by the president's son, but they don't care. This is the left seeking to cancel those affiliated with President Trump. You see, the cancel mob isn't just made of rioters in the street or haters on social media. The cancel mob also includes the DOJ and the bureaucratic apparatus of power folks run by the D.C. elite. They will shut you up just any way they can, and they have many tools in their belt to do so. They can send a mob to your home or to your workplace. They can bombard you and your employer on social media until you end up fired. They can get publishers to stop the publication of your book. They can pull you off of their big tech platforms. The social media censors can take away your free speech. The IRS can target you. The FBI can investigate you. 
there are so many tax laws and so many statutes in the criminal code that they can find something illegal you've done, whether it was intentional or unintentional. The objective is to either destroy your life or to make an example of people like Rudy Giuliani, to make you fear that you will be next. They want you to worry that if you outwardly support conservative causes or outsider candidates for elected office who aren't part of their club, part of the DC elite, then you better worry. You better worry that your door will be the next one kicked in at 4 a.m. with CNN cameras waiting outside to show the world what could happen to them if they dare to cross the leftists in power. Sounds like another country. Hard to believe this is our America. Hard to believe we've gone from the most thriving economy, the most free country, really the very, very top of all free countries ever in the history of this planet to this, to this. So what do we do? Well, we must be fearless in the face of the cancel mob. We must be ready to stand boldly to support those being canceled, whether it is your neighbor being targeted or whether it's the president's own lawyer. And I'm going to say this too. I want you to be ready to support those you disagree with who say things you don't agree with. When the mob comes for them, whether it's your mob or another mob, it'll be you who better stand up for their right to say it. It may be you who's the next target of the left. And when you have the power back and the presidency back, you better be willing to fight for the voiceless at that time. And you can count on this. I will always have your back in this. And I expect you to have mine. And we can circle wagons on the right instead of circling fire like the Republicans in Washington, D.C. always do. We are not them. We actually have spinal cords and we should be ready to use them. I hope you saw Alan Dershowitz on my show yesterday. He made such an important point that I had never considered in my life. And he said that their argument, their argument, and I'm paraphrasing, it was a long interview, you can go back and watch it, realamericasvoice.com. Um, he said that their argument for the cancel culture, their argument for believing in censorship altogether, their argument against your right for free speech is that because the elite has more money, because you have more money, right? You have more power to get your argument out there. Therefore, therefore, it's up to the elite socialist collectivists, right? Straight, page straight out of Stalin, Lenin, I mean, you name it, going back to whatever communist governance you want to look at going back through history. It's up to them to cancel the voices of the people like you and me who already will have a voice so that they, the elite who know better, can represent those who don't have a voice. Now, never mind, never mind that throughout our history, it's been the lone voice in the darkness. It's been the one person who spoke up against slavery. It's been the William Wilberforce's in England. It's been the Solzhenitsyn. It's been the Bonhoeffer that has saved the whole group of the voiceless. Never mind all of that, right? They still believe somehow, those who rationalize this, there's always a mentality here. They believe that it's up to them to speak for those they don't believe will be, will have a voice if they don't censor us because they think we are somehow dangerous. I know most of you. I don't know any of you that are dangerous. 
Take a page from the left. When their people are in trouble, they circle their wagons. They protect their own. We better learn to do the same for the folks on the right who are in trouble. And at the same time, stay on the offensive against the left. I don't care if you like them or not. I find myself out there defending people on the right that I may know don't always have the purest of motives. If I can't defend them on the right, then you know what I do? I keep my mouth shut, especially publicly. And I'm going to ask you to do the same. You may not like how someone voted on something once. You may not like that they didn't come on board with Donald Trump early enough. I have a lot of people on that list, right? You may not even trust their true MAGA credentials. But my question to you is, would you trust them more than you trust those on the left who want to destroy you and want to make you next on their search and destroy mission? I think you do. So I want you to learn to defend them, and I want you to stand up for them, and I want to have each other's backs like Democrats do. And I want you to copy much else from Democrats, just that. But that's your doctor's orders for tonight. And Andrew Giuliani will join us in a few minutes, so you won't want to miss that. But first, let's check out a little of what Joe Biden said last night in his address to a joint session of Congress, also known as an address to an empty room. And lucky for you, our producers here at RAV watched the whole speech so you didn't have to. Although, if you have a hard time falling asleep at night, you might consider playing this speech back at bedtime. And in this little compilation, you can watch closely. You'll see Ted Cruz taking a little, little sweet dreams there for, for old Ted there. And uh, you really can't blame him much because here you go. When I think climate change, I think jobs. Now we're on Mars discovering vaccines. All transgender Americans watching at home, especially young people. We're so brave. We won't ignore what our intelligence agencies have determined to be the most lethal terrorist threat to the homeland today. White supremacy is terrorism. We've all seen the knee of injustice on the neck of black Americans. Let's raise the minimum wage to $15. America is an idea. With regard to Russia, I know it concerns some of you, but I made very clear to Putin that we're not going to seek excuse me, escalation. When I was president, my president, when I was vice president, the president asked me to focus on providing help needed to address the root causes of migration. If you believe in a pathway to citizenship, pass it. It's over 11 million undocumented folks, the vast majority of here, overstaying visas. We can actually, if you actually want to solve a problem, I've sent a bill to take a close look at it. We have to also have to get at the root problem of why people are fleeing. We need a ban on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. There's no possible justification for having 100 rounds in a weapon. What do you think, deer wearing Kevlar vests? And no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. We're not changing the Constitution. We're at a great inflection point in history. We have to do more than just build back better. We build back, we have to build back better. This would be so funny if this were in our country. And this would be really funny if this were like a parody of what could happen if Donald Trump weren't president. Like that would be really funny. But this is not funny because this actually happened. And he really actually does have his finger on the nuclear button as it were um, figuratively anyway. Um, the mainstream media, I, you know, I, I, so my producer whispers to me while we're watching. And he goes, did you watch this? And I'm like... 
I tried. I did. I tried to watch this. Listen, I am a political junkie. I could watch political paint dry. This was beyond my capacity, okay? But, but, the lamestream media, ooh, they loved this speech. Here's just a little sampling of what his sycophants had to say last night on CBS and ABC. Enjoy. He's really trying to bring the country together. It was a make America feel good night, make America feel pride night, and trying to talk directly to people, which is, of course, Joe Biden's strength. But he was also talking to the rest of the world. As the rest of the world looked at this tonight, they saw what democracy is. They saw a country with a president who is proud of what we have done. A broad, bold new plan to not only build America back in his words, but build America back better with trillions and trillions of dollars in new spending. And Nancy, this is a lot what we expected, but there were some real um, moments of bipartisan appeal. He can't read. I mean, not only can he not talk, he can't read. Folks, we're in so much trouble here. And I just cannot play along with this. Now, I want to say, as president of program for this network, we put other opinions on air, and this is an opinion show. And so I, I really want to always bring you back to that because I think it's very important that this ne network and I think others should differentiate when we are expressing opinion, which this most definitely is. This is not your, you know, unabridged news show. This is an opinion show, and it's about guess whose opinion? Mine. Um, we have news shows on during the day that are most strictly news, and you watch them, and you're going to get straight news. But that's not what this is. This is me talking to you, and I am mostly a reflection of the people that I talk to every day, uh, most of whom agree with the kinds of things that I'm saying. Just a year ago, when President Trump, uh, President Trump addressed a joint, see, now I can't read or talk either. See, this is, this is God getting back at me, a joint session of Congress at the end of the union. Uh, this is a sample of what the media said. Listen. This was a speech written by a college student for someone else trying to use big words to impress that the person who was reciting it did not know the meaning of the words. But it was as blood-soaked and lawless and, you know, fantastical in terms of its relation to the truth as ever. Uh, yes, the president had some heartwarming moments during this speech, but he was also engaging in some deeply divisive rhetoric uh, aimed at immigrants, aimed at Latinos. And while, yes, he was uh, trying to make appeals to the African-American community, it can't be forgotten that he was awarding the Medal of Freedom to Rush Limbaugh, who has a history of making uh, derogatory comments about African-Americans. And, and so George, you have to think about those dozens of dreamers in the audience tonight. What they are thinking as they hear the president talk about this, as they see the divisions there on the floor, concerned that they could face deportation. I think we've Let's ever seen. It, it, was, it was the president trolling the Democrats. Yes, I... I I saw this as a as a psychotically incoherent speech with cookies and dog poop. He, he tried How can anyone see this as a good speech? How can anyone see this as unifying when he is spewing out lies? But I don't remember a time uh, when when you would watch a State of the Union address being delivered by a president who is, I guess you could say, actively betraying the country. 
do, do you end up speechless like me? I mean, here I am sitting here every night, victim to my own talk show hostness, which I just made up a word, because I literally, I hear those things and I don't know what to say. Now, those folks that you just heard consider themselves true journalists, purists. They believe they are reporting the news. You can't make this up. Now, I just got done telling you, I am an opinion host. I don't believe that I'm reporting to you the news. I believe I'm telling you my opinion. And my opinion is, that is as cockamamie as anything I've ever heard. And not one of those people deserves any, any journalistic credentials whatsoever. There is zero integrity there. And it is disgusting to me that anyone thinks anything other, and that, that they parade as though you're supposed to believe them as some sort of unbiased moderators of all things news. Baloney, baloney. And the part that really got me there, the part that really got, I bet it's the part that got you too. Actually, I yelled at my poor producer, Jason. A lot of people know that I do that from time to time when he leaves something out that I think was critical because yesterday he put in a, a wonderful little conglomeration of things for you, but he left out this part about Rush Limbaugh that I thought was so critical because for them to say, you know, he was, he was, it was a pretty good speech, but he did honor Rush Limbaugh with the Congressional, with the Medal of Freedom. Okay. Yes, he did, and thank God he did, because we no longer have Rush Limbaugh. And for them to say, who is a known racist, that is as ridiculous as anything I've ever heard. How could they stand there and look you in the eye as an audience and call Rush Limbaugh a known racist? His very own James Golden, Bo Snurdly, who's a frequenter of this show and a good friend of mine who happens to live here in Palm Beach, as did the great Rush Limbaugh, uh, before his death, is a black man who has been with Rush from the beginning, and he never even put it out there that he was a black man, which he could have, just to go back at those race-baiting thugs. All right, I'm done with that little rant, but you needed to know that, just in case that was not made clear to you by the leftist socialist media that just lies to you all over the place. All right, then, last night, after all this was over, Republican Senator Tim Scott gave the rebuttal. Heads literally exploded when he said this one simple statement, one simple statement, America isn't a racist country. Listen. From colleges to corporations to our culture, people are making money and gaining power by pretending we haven't made any progress at all. Why Hear me clearly. America is not a racist country. Now over on MSNBC, Joy Reid completely flipped out. Listen. This was standard Republican pabulum. This could have been delivered by Tom Cotton or Mike Lee. America's not a racist country. There's no racism here. It's, it, I'm not sure what the purpose of this was. I, his audience to me appeared to be conservative, uh, white Republicans who were angry over certain things. I am, I am shocked and a bit embarrassed for him. And then over on Twitter, overnight, the racist term Uncle Tim began trending, and Twitter finally removed that several hours later after the racists on the left had had their heyday. For reaction to Biden's big speech is the president of Citizens United, the one and only David Bossy, my good friend. Good to see you, David. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Always good to be with you. All right, David, last night, um, I, I barely know where to start with all this mumbo jumbo, but uh, let's start with Joe Biden. He said that the border crisis is all Trump's fault. Listen. My president, when I was vice president, 
President asked me to focus on providing help needed to address the root causes of migration and to help keep people in their own countries instead of being forced to leave. The plan was working, but the last administration decided it was not worth it. All right, David, I'm going to let you have at that. Uh, Joe Biden doesn't know what day of the week is, let alone uh, what it what what controlling the border requires. He put Kamala Harris in charge and her response is, I'm trying to fix the root causes, which Joe Biden said last night he had done during Obama's administration. Look, they have created a colossal uh, crisis at the border. It is devastating to people, real people, uh, real families. And when it was Donald Trump who was trying to control the border, the left was unhinged because they let their hatred of Donald Trump get uh, in the way of their love of country. And that's what we're seeing here with the Biden administration. They are undoing every single thing, uh, and starting with and including immigration. So it's open borders. It's everyone is welcome. It is free health care, uh, free housing. It, it, uh, it, it doesn't matter what you need. America is going to give it to you. It was a clarion call uh, before, between, during the transition. And then we're surprised when all of a sudden the border it has an onslaught of people coming from South America, Central America, and Mexico trying to cross the border and crossing the border because Joe Biden also stopped the building of the wall immediately. It, it is a disaster uh, what children in cages, uh, you know, AOC was so against that when it was Donald Trump and now she's for it. These people make me sick is what it is uh, with their hatred of President Trump and quite honestly, the destruction of our country. Absolutely, David. Now, um, Biden has a new favorite word. He tends to crutch on words sometimes. I'm going to play a little compilation here. I'm going to see if you can if you can spot this, David. Watch. We're making one of the largest one-time ever investments, ever. Critical investments to address the opioid crisis. Public investment in infrastructure. These are investments we made together as one country, and investments that only the government was in a position to make. All the investments in the American Job Plan. We used to invest... 2% of our gross domestic product in America. I can think of no more worthy investment. Investments in jobs and infrastructure like the ones we're talking about, a once-in-a-generation investment. Invest in historical black college and universities. Investments their businesses will benefit from as well. Pay their fair share and help pay for the public. All right. Now, I would expect a businessman like you, who's uh, owned many companies and, and been involved in business his whole entire life, or someone like Donald Trump, very successful businessman also, to understand what the term investments means, right? But you really can't expect someone like a Barack Obama or someone like a Joe Biden, who have spent their entire life on the public dole, right? You can't expect them to necessarily understand what the word investment means, but um, perhaps you can explain it to him so that next time he can understand that what he's really doing is spending the daylights out of our money. Exactly what they're doing. This is all about incredible increase in spending and what will end up being, if they go through with this, the largest tax increase in American history. And they're going to call it investment. Look, this is just irresponsible. But this is not. Uh, a, 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 this does not go against what they want. They are trying to break 
the system. They want to undo the economy because then the government can have even more control. The government can do what it does in other countries, which is take over sectors, uh, whether it's the energy sector or a travel sector, any of these sectors that they then deem as a national interest. That's what this is about. This is about becoming a socialist nation, no more, no less. Look, just in the last 60 days, Joe Biden and his administration have put forth nearly $6 trillion in spending. And then they say, well, we're going to tax those rich people, uh, you know, because they need to pay their fair share, which is the the old dog whistle uh, that the left always uses. However, those folks uh, that are making more money are the ones that are the job creators. Those are the ones with the disposable income to spend it in our economy and an economy that needs that fuel, that money in, in it, in order and new jobs, in order to create uh, the economic engine that Joe Biden has destroyed over the last 90 days. So we're seeing $6 trillion in proposed spending. And then they're going to say, uh, on the transportation, on the infrastructure bill, $1.6 trillion in spending. They said, we're going to tax, uh, if you add up all the tax increases, it was less than $300 billion dollars in new taxes. So you still, even if you agreed with the new taxes, which I do not, you are, are far outspending what the tax increase is. And and, and, and it doesn't even go to uh, the facts that they're, they aren't even spending the money where they say they are. The infrastructure bill isn't really an infrastructure bill. The COVID relief right, bill right. wasn't a COVID relief bill. These people are exactly. lying to you. They are lying to the American people every single day, and they're going to destroy this country if we continue to let them. Well, right, like investments aren't investments where they're concerned anyway. Okay, perhaps the most ridiculous words uttered by the leftist media last night were from Nicole Wallace when she reacted to Senator, uh, Senator Scott's GOP rebuttal. Listen to this. And Operation Warp Speed didn't do anything to get a needle into an arm. So a lot of disinformation. It felt almost scripted by someone close to the president who wanted that revision of President history. Trump. Correct. David, how exactly did she think those vaccines got to market in record time, in warp speed time, if you will? This Trump derangement syndrome in April of 2021. These people are di they're just diabolical. They Their hatred is so deep that they cannot even acknowledge that without that, without President Trump's Operation Warp Speed and his determination, individual determination, one person pushing our federal government, pushing science and doctors and these big businesses, big pharma to create these vaccines in record time and destroying the, uh, the, uh, the barriers to success one at a time that we wouldn't have this vaccine and Joe Biden wouldn't be able to be taking credit uh, for it. And that's what these people, their anger, their hatred towards Donald Trump, they lose people because the American people know this, the truth. They know that Donald Trump created it and Joe Biden is the one uh, that is president that's getting it in the arms. They know that, okay? And, they're, yeah. and, and by the way, people are giving credit to Joe Biden uh, for getting it in arms. It's, that's, that's not a problem. Why is it a problem that Donald Trump gets the credit for the vaccine creation in the first place?
Right. And how far could it have gone, David, if last night he would have mentioned Donald Trump in one positive light? One positive light, I think, would have gone a long way for all of the talk he gives to unity. But uh, there's no action behind that. Last night on MSNBC, Brian Williams was almost in tears, almost in tears over the fact that poor Joe Biden didn't get to have all the majesty and pomp of a full room last night. It is heartbreaking for the media to have to see anything befall Joe Biden that's not just perfect. Listen. Something to think about when we do see Joe Biden come down this aisle. Again, 36-year veteran of the Senate. But so far, because of the pandemic, and he's never used terms of victimization, he has been robbed of so much of the majesty and pomp of the job. Campaign stops, uh, convention speech. Um, after he won, uh, giving his acceptance in a parking lot uh, in, in Wilmington, an inaugural address before a, um, an empty mall in Washington, D.C. But David, Joe Biden makes these decisions and everyone in that room is vaccinated. And there they were with their masks and their ridiculous social distancing that has already been overturned by the CDC. They've already said all that social distancing, it was worthless. So all Joe Biden had to do was wave his Biden magic wand that he seems to be able to wave to keep himself from getting in trouble and to keep his kids from getting in trouble. Um, why didn't he wave his magic wand and just say, you know what, we're going to fill this room up and take our masks off and pretend like the pandemic over since it has been uh, in any real way with the 99.5 survival rate. Anyway, why didn't he do that? It's all theater and it's all about power and control. The Democrats, the socialists want to control the American people. This entire mask fiasco, this fraud by Fauci is all about power and control over people. I, wa I, I just chuckled to myself. I actually, it's sad. But you drive down the street, and I know you've done it as well. You walk, you drive down the street, and you see someone driving in their car by themselves with a mask on. It is yes. it's insane what people are doing because the government, because Joe Biden and and Dr. Fauci are telling them to do it. We are we need our freedoms back, and we have gotten this pandemic under control. Everyone in that room last night, to your point, was vaccinated. There was not a need for one mask. Because if you weren't vaccinated, you weren't going to be allowed in that room. And that's the farce of it all. They want to keep the American people fearful. It's the only way to control it. Absolutely. All right, David Bossy. Well, you know what? If we have to go through hell and face evil every single day right down the eyes, uh, then I'm really glad to get to be doing it with old friends like you who know how to win. And uh, we will win again. I think we'll change all this back. But uh, we'll sure appreciate it even more next time, won't we? Thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. I want, I can't, I miss him so much. I can't even tell you. I know. I know, I know it. All right, David, thank you so much. Coming Thanks up, Andrew, Gi they, absolutely. Andrew Giuliani, son of Rudy Giuliani, is here to rip on the Biden administration for targeting his father for political reasons. My gosh, if you can't hire a lawyer and trust your lawyer-client privilege, what else can you do? in America. He's fired up. So am I. He's up next. Stay with us. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. 
Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Well, the cancel mob these days, it can take on many forms. The left doesn't always send a mob to destroy your reputation and your livelihood. Sometimes they send the DOJ. Federal law enforcement raided former New York City mayor and Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani's home and office yesterday. And make no mistake, this is one of the left's mess methods that they use to cancel those who stand in the way of their power because they don't like it. They want every one of you to think twice before you come to the defense of President Trump or the America First agenda because as the president has been telling us over and over during the past four years that he was never the ultimate target of the left. It was you. He was just standing in the way when the left was coming for all of us who aren't part of the leftist elite. And now you see it. Another one. Rudy Giuliani also became a threat to the left when he set out to expose the 2020 election shenanigans. Here with me now are Mayor Giuliani's son, Andrew. Andrew Giuliani, thank you so much for being with us tonight here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Glad to have you with us. Gina, thank you very much for having me from Niagara Falls over here. Thank you. Amazing. I don't know what we did to deserve to get you from such a really cool location, but I hope you're not getting too wet out there. And uh, we sure do appreciate it. Before we get into all this stuff, I got to say, you're in beautiful West Palm Beach. I know a lot of New Yorkers who went down there. We're trying to get New Yorkers to come back up here. As beautiful as sunny Florida is, they don't have that. There's not that in Florida. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Let's get on to the serious stuff. There you go. There you go. All right. Um, so tell us how you found out uh, about all of this happening uh, with your yeah. dad yesterday. It's it's amazing to me that uh, I guess that this just I mean, this surprised me very much. I actually saw your dad, I think, yeah. uh, two days ago. Uh, very shocking. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think and you kind of laid this out before uh, the fact that this would happen to President Trump's personal attorney truly is a miscarriage of justice. When you think about the fact that the Justice Department looked the other way on John Brennan lying to Congress or James Clapper lying to Congress or Hillary Clinton's emails or James Comey. I mean, when when in the world are they ever, ever going to actually treat a Republican the same way that a de- they treat a Democrat? I should say a Republican connected to Donald Trump the same way they, they treat a Democrat. Where was I? I was in Manhattan. I'm now in Niagara Falls. I was in Manhattan uh, in a few meetings. I went immediately over to my father's house. Uh, and I got to tell you, he's incredibly resilient. He is so strong. Uh, you know, when you've had a hit, hit, hit made on you on the, by the mob um, or a contract out on you by the mob when you're 30-something years old, you develop pretty thick skin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just imagine what he did just to reform uh, New York City. That was you, you're not yeah. you're not playing, you know, when you're getting ready to reform New York City because you were taking on some of the big boys there. And uh, he is no yeah. stranger to taking on uh, big fights. Um, it seems to me like he's ready to fight. I, I know him well enough to know that he is the last person going to lay down for this. I think the thing that is so chilling about this, though, is, you know, and I said this to my children. I wanted to explain to them that this may just seem like something that happened to our buddy Rudy. Um, but it isn't. It's really more than that. The moment that 
your lawyer client privilege is something yep. that becomes rateable and you are forever in those meetings with a lawyer we've all been in that place you, you can't feel much more vulnerable than you do when you're in a meeting with an attorney and you're telling them the things that you need to be able to tell an attorney and knowing that at any moment it could mean a raid um, it, what does this mean to our society you're absolutely right I mean there was privileged privileged information between an attorney and a client and not just any attorney and any client but the client right. was the 45th president of the United States. And I said this yesterday, and it's really true, Dr. Gina. You know, if this could happen to the president of the United States, this could happen to anybody. If it could happen to his personal attorney. It could happen to anybody. And you're absolutely right. What you're telling your kids, uh, it is scary. And it, I look at it as, as Soviet-era tactics. It really, it really is, because there's, there's not much scarier than that to think that. And if it can happen to the president yeah. of the United States, none of us, none of us have any reason that it couldn't happen to one of us. It can and, yeah. and will be happening as this trickles on down to, to many. Um, so here we are um, awaiting to see what the moves of the DOJ are going to be. Is there a way for those of us who are out here who see this horrid injustice to help to go on the offensive here? I think you just need to call out these injustices when you see them, you know? I mean, the, the left for so long really had a monopoly over the media. And that's why it's so great to see what America's Voice is doing, what you're doing, what so many other networks are starting to do, which actually coming out there and reporting the news again. It not to be like the CNNs and the MSNBCs, CNN who had a, who had a, a, who had a reporter who admitted that they were actually propagandists. Um, it's beyond absurd. And, and the truth is, we just need more and more integrity in journalism. And it's great to see what you're actually bringing to the table and the conversation. We need more people like you, Doc. Well, I appreciate it. And you know what? We need more dads and more sons out there like you who are willing to stand up and fight in the face of all this. I know you have a hard stop. I can't tell you how much I appreciate. I want to honor your, your next meeting, but I appreciate you and I appreciate your fight. And I want you to know this audience, for one, um, stands with you. And uh, I know that you'll give our good friend, the mayor, our regards and our love. I, I absolutely will, Doc. And thank you so much for having me on. I look forward to seeing you very soon. Come back to New York. We'll see the best <laughs> we'll see you soon andrew all right you, and coming up thank you is biden coming for your guns well we're going to show you what he said last night that will have you ready to run to the gun shop today it is stock right up that's next right here on dr gina primetime carmax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back. Well, last night in Biden's big speech, he talked a lot about guns, and it's obvious he has absolutely no clue what he's talking about. But somebody who does know what he's talking about is Breitbart News' Second Amendment correspondent, A.W.R. Hawkins. Good to see you, A.W.R. I got to ask you, because I always wonder this when you're on with me. Does your family call you A.W.R.? 
Uh, well, my mom calls me son, and my <laughs> brother makes me say you. Most of my friends call me W or uh, A Dub, to be honest with you. And that's A-dub. pretty much how I spend my Okay, well, can I start calling you that at least casually? I mean, on the air, I'll call you AWR, but it does seem like a really long name, so I just have always wondered that. I'm glad I asked. Anyway, thank you for being with us. Um, now, Biden says that no amendment is absolute. He knows so much about the Constitution and guns. It's just always fascinating to hear him uh, read about it from his prompter that someone else wrote. Anyway, uh, here we go. Watch. And no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. From the very beginning, there were certain guns, weapons, that could not be owned by Americans. Certain people could not own those weapons ever. AWR, I'm just going to let you have it. I have no idea what he's talking about. I have a... I know this doesn't make me special, but I have a PhD in military history. I have a master's in American history. Then we studied the founding and the Civil War. And uh, I don't remember ever reading any document, uh, extracurricular to the Constitution even, where they talked about what people could and couldn't own. Uh, The framers' main goal, December 15, 1791, when the Second Amendment was ratified, was to be sure the people could be armed, period. That was it. They didn't want the government interfering with it, period. And the farmers and the Puritans and the rest of them owned guns very similar to what the military owned. When the Redcoats invaded the British, when they invaded, they were met with muskets very much like the muskets they were carrying. So I don't know what he's talking about, Gene. I have no idea. Well, he wasn't really. He was just reading. But someone wrote that in his prompter, and he read it. Anyway, uh, Biden was back on the ghost guns topic that you and I talked about the last time I had you on this show that you completely debunked. But we'll play it anyway. Here you go. More than two weeks ago in the Rose Garden, surrounded by some of the bravest people I know, the survivors and families who lost loved ones to gun violence, I laid out several of the Department of Justice actions that are being taken to impact in this epidemic. One of them is banning so-called ghost guns. These are homemade guns built from a kit that includes directions how to finish the firearm. The parts have no serial numbers, so they show up at crime scenes and they can't be traced. The buyers of these ghost gun kits aren't required to pass any background check. Anyone from a criminal or terrorist could buy this kit and within 30 minutes have a weapon that's lethal, but no more. Now, let me ask you something, because he mentioned the criminals and terrorists. If we pass more bans on guns and if we pass more laws, making it more difficult for you and I to get our ammo and our guns and our gun parts and all this, exactly how many terrorists and criminals are going to obey the new laws on the books? Uh, to my knowledge, zero. Uh, that's it. If you, if you look at the Sandy Hook gunman, look at the Sandy Hook gunman. They always reference him. He killed 26 people, counting his mom, and killed 27. But he was willing to die. If you're willing to die in your attack, there's no law that will stop you. He stole the guns he used, and then he killed himself. And, and, you know, that's a repeatable deal. We see that again and again, Gina. And so if these attackers on a mass scale are willing to die, I'm not so sure they're worried about breaking a couple of laws, misdemeanor misdemeanor or felony along the way. And so I think it's just a foolish thought. 
Yeah, and, and I think it's important to point out that you educated our audience the last time you were on and explained that ghost guns are very complicated to put together. It takes right. a real mastermind, even a piled higher and deeper PhD like you, uh, cannot complete one of these things. Is not like putting together a 3D puzzle of the Capitol or something. All right, here was a good one, AWR. Now, he, he acts like he talks to hunters in this one. This one's particularly entertaining. Talk to most responsible gun owners and hunters. They'll tell you there's no possible justification for having 100 rounds in a weapon. What do you think, deer wearing Kevlar vests? Yeah, those deer wearing Kevlar vests, you know, when I'm deer hunting, I always run into those. It is a problem. Right. Well, you know what I've got to say, and I'm, I don't want to speak negatively about a 100-round drum. If you have one, that's great, but I've never seen anybody that scramble their gun with a 100 round drum or hunts with that uh, now if you're on a hog hunt you're going to want a few rounds because if that hog gets mad and charges you you're going to hope you have some extra rounds and I, I don't imagine that joe biden has hunted wild hogs in central or west texas but if you have you know exactly <laughs> what i'm talking about you're going yes you are right but you know they use this they go to the extreme and use the extreme example to try to ban this and this and this when the reality is gina Let's say you're a single mom and you have an AR-15 and a 30-round mag. That's not really that much ammo if three people break in. If each person even has a 10-round mag, plus they have one in the hole, they already have three more bullets than you have. And so you're yeah. in trouble. And so yeah. it's, it's so easy when he presents it, but when you think about it in reality, having a large magazine is not really that big of a deal. It's actually necessary in many places. Absolutely. AWR, it's always just so eye-opening to have you on. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Great to be with you. <laughs> Coming up, Amanda Head is at the border, and she's about to hop on a boat and ride down the Rio Grande. Let's see if we can hitch a ride. Up next, stay with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Another day of the Biden border crisis, and our own Amanda Head joins us from the southern border. Amanda, great to see you. Good to see you. Yes, this is our, I guess, actually our final day here. Um, we have learned a lot of enlightening information, some good, some bad. Um, we've spoken to a number of Border Patrol agents who spoke to us off record, as well as some construction workers, again, off record. We visited numerous uh, pieces of the wall today uh, and, and happened to stumble upon a group of a half a dozen or so illegal immigrants who, what do you know, right as the border wall ended, were apprehended right there. And literally, as we were on air earlier today, a transport van came and picked them up and took them to one of a number of uh, detainee, you know, facilities. So we're not really sure where they go. And then, of course, their next spot will be somewhere else in the country. It's it's really unfortunate to see. But you've got these little pieces of wall, which the good side of that is that at least it's funneling illegals to certain places where they can concentrate Border Patrol agents. At the same time, it would be a whole lot easier if Joe Biden had not canceled the border wall construction. 
Exactly, exactly. Okay, Amanda, um, it is the end of the show, and thank you for that update. I have to play this clip from MSNBC last night. Joy Reid and Rachel Maddow slobbering all over Jill Biden, the fashion icon of the world. Here you go. Listen. Joy, I can't believe that you didn't have anything to say at all about the first lady's dress. I held it in. <laughs> I think it's very pretty. I don't know the designer, and you know I'm secretly texting people to find out. To what find out what the, you got very quiet. Yeah. As soon as she walked in. I know her sartorial splendor did, will not go unremarked upon. I think she looks lovely. I love the flowers. I love the color. Forever 21 is a great place to shop, don't you think, Amanda? Yeah, uh, Sartorial Spender, I think she was trying to sound uh, humble there, but Sartorial actually means tailoring. So if she has all of her clothes tailored, that's pretty gross. I'm sure women across America in nursing homes, though, are definitely taking their fashion notes from Jill Biden. I, I, I mean, you, you look at the uh, Melania, wonderful, beautiful fashion icon before she was ever first lady, never so much as a compliment all they did was mock her. And then you look at Jill Biden and whatever yeah. that was, and then you had... You had uh, Michelle Obama, and oh, good gracious, and I just, it's laughable. Their hypocrisy is laughable. Amanda, great work from you and Ben down there on the border. Thank you so much for everything you're doing, and thanks to you for joining me tonight. Thanks to you, your new home here at Real News. RAV, Real America's Voice, live from Studio 6B, is up next with Damon and the crew, so stay tuned. Hug your children, love your God. Tune into this show every night for all the good news and action steps. You go boldly now and live the truth.